uh, you know, quite a few people in the community because I know that you are working on some projects. So also tell the uh, the audience um, about the projects that you're working on it, it currently. Yeah. Um, so there's two major projects. One is a project with my job at the Course Canada Artist and Writer Residency. So we just opened a bookstore um, downtown, which is, um, other than a comic book store and the um, book, uh, like book nook that the library runs, it's the only bookstore um, in Corsicana. So we just opened that space, and it's a it's a it's a space for events and programming that support the arts and engagement with the arts. So we have a list of summer programs. We're open on Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays. Thursdays from five to nine p.m and Fridays from 10 to 5, and Saturdays from 10 to 4. So if people are interested, they can come by. Um, I'll be working on Saturday, so folks can meet me and hear a little bit more about the residency and check out what we're doing, what we're kind of up to this summer. We have a whole list of programs from from, um, art workshops to film screenings. We actually have a film screening tomorrow at 7 p.m., um, to uh, artist talks and author talks. Um, and uh, so that's happening at the bookstore. And then the, the, the sort of personal project that I'm working on um, is there, folks might know that on Fifth, on East Fifth Avenue, GW Jackson Highway, there is um, a, a abandoned church right across the street from the Boys and Girls Club. That church is a historic church. It was built in 1916, and um, it was originally built as the Wesley Chapel uh, Colored Methodist Episcopal Church. Um, and uh, it's uh, that that building has fallen into disrepair and disuse, and um, the city was going to sort of tear it down, complete uh, it for demolition. But a group of people came together and tried to figure out some way to figure out if the city um, would consider um, uh, allowing the building to um, remain, since it's uh, an important part of course Canada's history, particularly um, the history of the East Side. And the city said, "Well, if somebody wants to start a nonprofit and come take care of it, you know, we're fine with that. Uh, we don't, you know, we're happy to let them do that." Um, and I had talked to a few folks. The folks that I knew, but nobody was really interested in it um, because the building needs quite a lot of repairs. Um, you know, it needs hundreds of thousands of dollars of work to be done to it, quite honestly. Um, and uh, I, I just didn't want to see a piece of black history be destroyed. So I um, put in a proposal with the city and with uh, the Corsicana Preservation Foundation to see if something could be done to um, uh, uh, to save the church, and um, I raised some money through some grants and some uh, individual donations. And so now the process is um, really doing some community organizing, getting together, talking with folks to figure out, you know, what are the needs in the community, um, and how could repurposing that church restoring that church, uh, preserving that church, how could that participate in, um, uh, you know, building the kind of um, infrastructure, um, and not just infrastructure, but really like legacy, history, um, uh, support for kind of cultural preservation in the East Side community. 
So that is that project. It's tentatively called um, Meeting House Revival right now. So I'm working with you and um, and some local friends and also some folks at the Preservation Texas Foundation to come up with a, a, a plan to figure out how we can um, bring this church back to life. Well, you know, just um, putting it out on social media, um, seeing a lot of the responses that um, I got when I posted the picture, because people, you know, would drive by there, and of course they yeah. could see it all boarded up and all that, and so, um, you know, people just started, you know, they started sharing, you know, um, some of them, you know, remember when it was actually the, the you know, the, the, Methodist, the Methodist Church, and then also, um, you know, uh, uh, it was... Mary Peterson, which um, was our was a, a black uh, business owner, she owned a daycare. She that was where her original daycare was located at. And a lot of people that are from Corsicana, they remember Mary Peterson. And so uh, she she had her first daycare in, in that um, church. And so, like you said, that building, that uh, church has a lot of historical, um, you know, meaning to the community. And so. Um, I do believe that more community members are going to get on the bandwagon to help save that church. Yeah, I think there's a lot that people can do. I mean, one of the initial projects um, that uh, I've been um, starting is to collect um, uh, oral histories from folks who have memories of that church or who have memories of the daycare that was hosted in it. Um, that's a big part of preservation. It's not just architectural preservation, but um, history and stories and community stories that people haven't heard or that people haven't written down, right? So that that also becomes a part of the work of preserving the church. It's not just the building, um, but also memory attached to it. So if folks have, you know, it, we're doing about, uh, 30 to 45 minute recordings of people. I just ask them a set of questions. They can tell me whatever they want to tell me um, and uh, we record that so that then we can create a kind of visual and auditory documentary um, not just of the church but of the neighborhood itself and I think one of the things is not only thinking about historical past uses of the building, but also what can it be used for in the future? You know, um, does it, how are community members conceptualizing how this space can be useful moving forward? Um, Not just as like a museum to the past, but as a space where people can be active and actively engage um, with their community right now. Yeah. So how how important is how important is it to you know the, preserve the history? Because um, you know you see a lot of um, you know buildings. You know they've been sitting up a long time, and like you said, sometimes the cities the cities would just go and just destroy them. So how do you get the buy-in from the community members, especially those that um, you know we have a lot of aging community members, and they do remember a lot of those buildings. So how do you get the buy-in from the young? young generation of community members to preserve that part of history because it is important to, you know, remember, you know, the, the pioneers and, and all that. So how do you get the buy-in, for, to our, the buy-in from our young people? Yeah. Well, I think, you know, I think there's got to be conversations that 
brings the history into the present, right? Young people are interested in trying new things and innovating, right? And they want to see that their elders also have hope and interest and faith in the things that they're trying out now. Um, and I think similarly, excuse me, I don't know why my phone is ringing, um, but similarly, I think older generations, our elders, are looking at younger people and are like, well, do you have, do you have any knowledge or any respect for the people who have gone before you, how can it's like the Sankofa bird, you know, the image of the bird that flies forward while it's looking behind it, but you can't have any understanding about where you're going if you don't know where you've been. Um, and so I think that a lot of young people are interested in, uh, they're interested in documentation, but not necessarily so much in the way that people think. They're interested in photography. They're interested mm. in podcasts. They're interested in, in, in music and recording. They're interested in, 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 in that kind of media. And so, you know, when you put together a project, you're not just thinking about how do you um, preserve it, but what kinds of media do you use that are going to be interesting and engaging for the next generation? Because ultimately, history has to be transferred. Right. Yeah. It has it has to pass from generation to generation. And that even in of itself, even in passing history from elders to young people, that's still an act of translation. Right. It's an act of being understood and and, and understanding. And so I think doing that, um, showing um, younger people some of the other innovative, like immersive theater projects that have been going on in Texas, in Dallas. Mm saying, look, this is how people are reinterpreting their history. It's not just that they have to read a book or go to a presentation or go to a commemoration, right? Like, this is how it can become active. This is how it can become something that you live into, not something that you go to, but something yeah. that you live into. So that's kind of what I'm excited about, and I'm definitely excited about meeting with more folks um, just in general, I want to hear people's stories because that's where the power is. And it's so important to talk to those community members while you still have a chance to, you know, talk to them and they, you know, they remember. And like you said, we just, it's just important to capture that, you know, yeah. the moment now. And so I really do commend you on taking on this task because I know for, you know, a long time, when we just passing by that building, you go, oh my, you know, not and then just finding out, you know, it was when it was built, nineteen sixteen. Nineteen sixteen. I mean, yeah. that is historical. And then, you know, right down the street, of course, you have the first Independent Baptist Church, which yeah. which was the first uh, African American church, you know, Baptist church, you know, and a lot of smaller churches come from that church. Yeah. And so, um, I just want I would like to see, you know, the community members take a hold of your vision and run with it, you know, and that way, like you said, you can tie in innovation, you know, you can tie mm -hmm. in media to help, you know, capture that, you know, that audience so that they can come and be a part of that history because, yeah. you know, I, you know it's a, it, it is a legacy, you know, and we have a lot of legacies that are in, that are part of the community, of course, in Canada, and not just our, you know, community, of course, Canada, but really across, you know, the, the different, you know, cities, the different counties, and it's Absolutely. so important to preserve the, preserve the history. So where yeah. can, 
then um, if somebody wants to contact you about, you know, your your effort, where, where, how can they reach you? Yeah, they should either, um, <laughs> you can hit me up on Facebook. I'm not going to get my number out over this <laughs> Yeah. Um, but you can hit me up on Facebook. My Facebook handle is, uh, or my fa- my name on Facebook is Alicia, A-L-Y-S-I-A, Nicole Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S. Um, you can hit me up on Facebook. You can um, send me an email. Uh, my email address is um, Alicia, A-L-Y-S-I-A, at Corsicana Residency dot org um you can hit me up on either one of those ways and i'm definitely down to talk or you can hit me up on instagram um for those of you y'all young folks who be on ig um you can hit me up on instagram at poppy in the wheat p-o-p-p-y-i-n-t-h-e-w-h-e-a-t um and you can hit me up any of those ways. And also, you know, there are a lot. Of, one of the things that I've really loved about being here is one of the things I've, that, like, Corsicana has actually so many different resources, but mm-hmm. all of those resources don't actually talk to each other. Um, mm-hmm. And being from an outsider, as an outsider, I don't know some of the history or some of the, um, uh, you know, the, the reservations or the, the pain moments that really people are bringing into relationships sometimes. So I just walk up into places and I'm like, hey, can, I, can you tell me about this? And, yeah. um, and people do, um, which is a really great value of sort of not being from here is that, like, I don't, I, I honestly don't know. So when I'm asking a question, I think that people sort of are like, oh, she's not from here. So, you know, and they just tell me. Um, they, like, I can like, easily get the information. Like, I went to the Genealogical Society, the Navarro mm-hmm. County Genealogical Society at the library. I told them I was looking up this church. They asked me what the address was. And then they, they printed off all of the newspaper write-ups yeah. about the church, you know, from starting back in 1916. And I think the last one was printed maybe in, like, 1965 or whatever. But they... But they, um, they, they printed all of those off for me. And they were like, well, hey, this will get you started. We don't know if this is all you need. Um, and then I was like, hey, I'm looking for, like, you know, black churches in Corsicana. And they were like, oh, well, here's our book on churches in Corsicana. And they might have something. And it did. It has a whole write-up about First Independent, Sixth Avenue, um, Mount Olive, you know, a variety of different churches, which was great. So, like, in the process of researching this church, I've actually found out a lot of history about um, the East Side and the religious communities in East Side, but also the yeah. Samaria and in um, and in Pelham, Pelham mm-hmm. um, which has been cool and fascinating. Yeah. And that's why it's so important, you know, to um, be able to tell our young people, you know, the, the history. And you know, some mm-hmm. you know some some don't even know anything about Pelham. You know, and that's why it's so important to just keep talking about those communities, you know, so that they can carry it on to their kids, you know, in generations to come. And so um, I do know you're you're working on getting a a community meeting together with some of the community members so that you can have a discussion with them because it is important to get get their buy-in and that way they can feel a part part of the project because, you know, 
you know, who 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 would uh, really you know do get be your in your corner is those that are you know part of what you're trying to do. So I do um, commend you for everything that you're doing and stirring. Or you know, I could say stirring the pot, stirring that pot where people are like you know starting to get interested in hey. We do want to preserve this history. We want, we do want our, our grandkids to have something that they can, you know, you know, be able to go to, and they can yeah. also they'll be able to read about their history. And so, um, I know I'm on the bandwagon. And so, yeah. um, um, if anybody wants to be a part of um, this effort that she's doing, you know, you can like so she gave out her information. You can also hit uh, me up as far as as well on, on my social media yeah. pages because. And um, we're gonna we're gonna uh, we're, we're gonna do this, you know. And yeah, so, um, Barbara, you've been so helpful to me. Like you have been, like you know, I came in here to Corsicana, very green and very new, and uh, I knew a few folks, but didn't know a lot of folks. And you know, I, I started working on this project. Really, not because it was my project, because ultimately, like the church belongs to the the folks on the east side. That's yeah. like that's that's y'all's church. It is not my church, right? Um, so sometimes people are like, "Oh, your church." I'm like, "That's not my church." Okay, <laughs> I'm just I don't own that church. I'm I'm just it's a vessel. It's a vessel. Yeah, I'm just stewarding yeah. to make sure uh-huh. that something is preserved, and so yes. it's not my vision for a church. I have an idea. But I'm no, telling you, I'm telling you, Alicia, if you hadn't picked up the mantle, that church would have been gone. You know, because to be honest, you know, to pass by that building every, you know, that the building, the church every day, to see it boarded up. I mean, at one time I even saw a vulture sitting in the window. And so I was thinking, it didn't, so it didn't dawn on me, hey, I didn't know it was built in 1916. So it was like, okay, so why did we even let this building get into this shape? You know, yeah. and so we just have to keep that message how important it is to preserve these buildings that have so much historical value to it. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of historical markers over on that east side of town, and we have to preserve that or it will go away. And then yeah. we won't have anything and, to hold on to. And now is the time for, like, there is so much money right now, especially after last summer and the death of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor. I shouldn't say death, the murders of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and um, Ahmaud Arbery. There has been, and the protests that have been happening, there has been a move and a push um, really at the institutional level for folks in museums and in preservation, architectural and historic preservation, to really ask themselves the question, why aren't more black historical spaces and, and sites why aren't they preserved, right? Yeah. And a part of that is because, well, they were intentionally demolished or they yeah. were not valued, and so they were, you know, um, they were discarded. Um, sometimes it's because, like, it takes a lot of money and infrastructure to be able to support some of these older buildings, but sometimes communities just don't have it. And then yeah. the reality is that it just wasn't, it just wasn't a priority, for yeah. the folks who were thinking about who who were in charge of these organizations, they were thinking about preserving their cultural sites, and they didn't see the yeah. value necessarily in some of these churches or in monuments to you know victims of uh, police brutality or lynchings or things of that nature. Uh, they didn't preserve them, and so 
they have been over time, you know, Texas is the state with actually the largest number of freedmen's colonies in the country. Um, so there's tons of historical black settlements that started um, right after the Civil War here um, in Texas. And a lot of them haven't been preserved, but the National uh, Preservation Trust and other organizations like Preservation Texas, you know, they're coming together and they're creating funds specifically dedicated to preserving African-American architecture, African-American historic and cultural sites. And so now is actually the time because there is money oh, for wow. it. Yeah. You know? So um, anybody, anybody, like I said, anybody that wants to be a part of this project and other projects that I'm sure Alicia is going to, you know, help with, you know, like I said, hit her up, hit me up, and we can do this. We just have to come together and have a plan in place on how we're going to get it done. So, Alicia, I really do appreciate you taking the time out to be on the Can Go Speaks oh. podcast. And I always give my, my my guests an opportunity to give their shout-outs to anybody that I could give their shout-outs to. So go ahead and give your shout-outs. I would like to shout-out um, Ruby Williams, Councilwoman Ruby Williams, because I haven't seen her in a while, and I miss her. And I would also like to shout-out my boss, Kyle, who is, on vacation, Wonderful. right? <laughs> and I just want to tell him to have a great vacation and stop working so hard. Um, <laughs> every time, every time I see Kyle, he always has a roll of uh, paper, like he a, a plan, like a, a like he's like a plan. I'm like he's always working, he's doing always, something. Always. always. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I'm like sit down. <laughs> Yes, yes. Well, you guys are doing some awesome, awesome things in the community of Corsicana, and I know that you know whatever you put your hand your hand on, it's gonna you know it's gonna do well. And so, like, like I wanted to say thank you again for you know being taking the time to be on the Canada Go Speaks podcast, and and I know we'll be working together to get you know, make things happen for our, for the community. And so to my listening audience, I do want to mention uh, the close up, before I close out is that we are actually doing auditions for To Kill a Mockingbird on August the 8th and 9th. So anybody that would like to be a part of this, this historical play, please, you know, Contact the uh, warehouse. Um, you can get a copy of the script before the auditions. But we welcome anybody that would like to that would like to audition for the play. And with that being said, I want to say thank you again for always supporting the Canada Girl Sticks podcast. Thank you again for being um, just being supportive. And um, have a safe week, a safe weekend, and we'll see you soon. Talk to you soon. Good night. <laughs>